0: Take thou authority to preach the gospel, indeed I look upon all the world as my parish. to our latest episode of Field Preachers. I'm your host, Rachel Gilmore, here with a friend, a colleague, an innovator, um, Abigail Broca from the Upper New York Annual Conference. And I am so grateful for your time uh, because what was it, like 48 hours ago, I'm like, wait, you're doing such amazing stuff. And some of it's time sensitive. Quick, let's talk about it so we can release this podcast in less than five days. Um, So thank you. (laughs) your willingness to be here, and welcome to Field Preachers again.
1: We know all about pivoting as planters, right? Yes. And thank you for your energy. (laughs)
0: Yes, I'm here and I'm ready because of you, so. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. And for people who don't know you really well, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, this crazy journey towards ministry and planting. Take it away. I started in ministry
1: um, pretty young, like I started serving my first church when I was 18, but even before that, uh, God definitely had a call on my heart, like I was in eighth grade and I told my parents I wanted to be a nun and they said, well, you need to convert that and I said, oh, never mind. So <laughs> <laughs> there are no nuns in the Methodist church, oh no, there are no nuns in the Methodist church. <laughs> There are deaconesses, shout out to the deaconesses. Okay. So from there, you know, I would say like many pastors and people who are called upon by God to do amazing things, your call is a journey and you learn about your spiritual gifts and it evolves over time. So I started in Christian education, youth pastor, associate pastor, um, I'm so glad that I got that foundation in spiritual formation in our churches and all those different amazing age groups. Um, When I came to Upper New York, that was my first appointment, and I served a small rural church and a larger suburban church, and that call and appointment evolved to um, a lead pastor role uh, towards the end of that appointment. So last fall, so this has been about a year journey for me in regards to planting and discerning that call to plant. Last fall is when God really put it on my heart to start talking to my husband, start dreaming, start thinking about the team, thinking about what God was inviting us into, and particularly thinking about how do we bring what is sacred and faithful into everyday life. Um, That was really where we started when we thought about sanctuary, bringing the sacred out into a bigger sanctuary than we usually think of in the church beyond the walls of the church.
0: Okay, so I'm going to jump in and just say two things I absolutely love about what you just shared is the first, you know, your language around God inviting you into this journey and into this process and sharing that with your husband. And I think that's so crucial because there are some pastors out there who have great ideas, but if it's not something that's like originating from God, you know, and really this deeper calling and this need, we can have ideas. But for me, a huge distinction, especially when it comes to planting and how hard and overwhelming it can be, having that part of your story where you really feel like God was inviting you into this journey, initiating it. Is so crucial and huge. So I I love that, and then I love that this vision that God was calling you into was one of like, how can we take you know, it's holy, what's sacred, the sanctuary space, and then bring it out to where people are. Like that is that's why we are planters is is to kind of offer that to the world in the places where they encounter everyday life, and to see how God is already present in those places. So love, love, love it. Ah, okay, so tell me more about this idea and and why the app element, like how, yeah, how it all came about. Yeah, 100%. One of our
1: values at Everyday Sanctuary is that we want to meet people where they are at. We want to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So we anticipate going to them. And one of the things that we learned as we were um, discerning and envisioning was that, we Americans check our phones uh, 96 times a day, like every 10 minutes. <laughs>
0: what? Oh, I'm so ashamed because that's probably so true.
1: <laughs> I I also think that number probably went up during the pandemic, right? Let's be real, people. I <laughs> it went up. <laughs> so just a huge ministry field um, and one that is admittedly cluttered and one that is not always healthy Mm. Um, and so we're you know everyday sanctuary we wanted to think about creating something simple and clean and easy that people can just rely upon as a way to connect with God no matter where they are like physically no matter what location they're at no matter where their head is at where their heart is at that um, this is something that they can turn back to when they need to be centered and grounded and connect with God.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. So you had this idea, I'm going to use an app. How did you figure out what platform to use? Because you, you chose Subsplash, right? What was it about Subsplash that appealed to you?
1: The first, yeah, very early in our journey, part of that discernment was how are we going to do this? Um, interviewing app developers, uh, sizing the app in an appropriate way for the resources that we had, um, and Subsplash is where we ended up. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I think they do a great job at um, championing their churches. They have a really wide uh, ministry field that they... You know, many denominations, many churches represented there, um, and they really champion their churches. So, Subsplash is focused on connecting churches to digital discipleship tools that churches need to engage. Apps are one part of that, um, but if you go to their website, there's a ton of resources there, too. Now, I am not uh, a computer person, as in I do not code, I would not know how to develop an app on my own. Um, I I took a lot for me to build a website here.
0: Um, but <laughs> that would be I, one of my questions. Yeah, how tech savvy do you have to be to create an app? To me, like I was like, well, there's no one more tech savvy than Abigail.
1: <laughs> yeah. but I did develop an app. I do have a graphic design background, I will say. So uh, the visual is something that I do have a background in. Mm-hmm. Um, so my experience with Subslash developing an app and what I would tell other people is dedication. Mm-hmm. Like um, be real before you start of how much time and dedication it's going to take because it is something that you're going to have to update and monitor and improve. Just like our websites, like if we don't touch our websites and they become inactive, um, they do not become a platform for us to engage and build relationships with people at at least. They might be a great bulletin board um, for people to just get information. Um, But if you're thinking about an app, you really want to think about how am I going to engage people in a way that I'm not engaging them right now? How does this app give me the opportunity to engage people in a way that I'm not doing already? Mm. Uh, So anybody who's thinking about it, I would think about having somebody who's very dedicated to the process um, that has the time to do it and has a very clear vision for how they want to use the app outside
0: of, uh, the ways that they're already reaching people. That's great. So a few follow up questions along with that because I think that's really good solid advice. Um, people need to commit the time, not just initially but ongoing time for that initial setup. How much time did it take? A couple hours a day for a week or two, or a month or two, or you know, three hundred hours. What are what are we looking at here? <laughs> <laughs> ballpark, rough estimate. Yeah. You know, it depends on how focused you are, how much planning you've done, you know, all, all of that. I think
1: the healthiest for, answer for me to say is that the journey of the beginning prayer for everyday sanctuary to it being ready to show anybody other than my mom was a year. Um, and that was not a year full time. It was not a year 40 hours. Um, but I remember when we finally pulled the trigger with subsplash, I said, I expected it to be a month and a half of good work to develop the app. Fortunately, it did not take that long, but I think part of that's because we had a very clear vision even before we started to develop the app. We knew what kind of aesthetic we wanted. We knew what kind of language we wanted to use we were already developing um, the daily practices that you'll see on the app. Um, So we had a lot of of work that went in before we even started to actually do the coding and doing the developing of the app.
0: So we've talked about the cost in terms of like time and developing that vision and then pouring it into like the more practical elements of preparing to launch. Um, but like, what's the financial cost? Ball Rough ballpark. Cause I know it just depends on what you want to include um, for, for this process. Yeah. The great thing about subsplash is they do
1: make it, I would say accessible for the average church. So I think most of their packages run around 2000 dollars a year. And there is a United Methodist denomination discount right now. So make sure you mention that if you call them. Yes. So that's the upfront and then the annual cost to keep being hosted through Subsplash. And And so before you make that financial commitment, just make sure you know, what are we, how are we, what are we doing differently to reach our people, to reach new people that we can't do right now? Make sure that $2,000 is a good use of your
0: resources. That's a great question. So for you, what was different? What are the elements of Everyday Sanctuary? If someone was to, you know, download the app now, what would they be using it for? What would they see? I'm thankful
1: Every Sanctuary is available on Android, iPhone, Amazon, all these different platforms they give you access to. So number one, we wanted to make it super accessible, easy for somebody to get no matter where they are. And as I said, like the phone we have on us all day. Um, and so it's a great way to just be in a very close proximity to somebody as they go about their day. Um, one of the great elements of Subflesh is they give you push notifications. So you have the opportunity to personalize a message from your app every day um, that's going to pop up on somebody's screen because email reads are like abysmal. <laughs> <every day. laughs> yes. And so one of the I get really excited about is like, Okay, I think, right, you know, we have uh, 300. We've reached 300 people right now um, as of launching about January 1st. Well, so so
0: like in one week, 300 people have already. Right now
1: we're over 300 downloads for Everyday Sanctuary. Our goal is to have 5,000 downloads by the end of 2021. Mm. But those push notifications, you know, help us to know we can reach people with inspiration and encouragement, something to ground them. Even if it's just that one sentence, that one scripture, that one statement, um, they're getting that right on their phone. Even if today is not the day that they open their app, they feel like, gosh, I don't even have five minutes to do the whole practice today. Um, the practice is broken up into presence, prayer, scripture and gratitude. So there's an opening, very brief prayer for presence that just invites God to be present where you are. He already is. She already is. But it's us um, inviting God into our presence. Then scripture, one to four verses, it's there. You don't have to look it up. You don't have to go to another app or Bible to look it up. It's from the lectionary. So it's grounded in the seasonality of the church. Then there's two or five minutes, your choice of a deep breath prayer, which personally is my favorite. Like if I'm only going to do one thing, it's probably going to be that deep breath (laughs) that day. Because that two minutes is scientifically proven to renew our spirits, renew our bodies and minds so that we can keep going, which is, you know, one of the things we all need during this pandemic. Um, After the deep breath prayer, there is a place for you to write down your gratitudes and to write down your prayers. One of the things that was important to us is that this isn't just you reading a devotional, it's you writing part of your story into this practice every day. You're contributing. You're, at, you're inviting God to be at work in your life through those prayers and by remembering
0: your gratitudes. I love that. And I love that you include gratitude. Like just what, you know, my life might not be perfect. Our nation is having the struggles right now. There are pandemic struggles. There are systemic racism struggles. But what can I be grateful for? What is good and a blessing right now? Um. So when people type in their things that they're grateful for or their prayers, like who sees those, where do those go? Can they access them again? Or are you seeing those prayer requests to pray over them? I am
1: not seeing those prayers and gratitudes. That information is personal to you. So it is saved on your phone, on your app. Um, so if you go back, you will see what you wrote in. Um, but as far as I, I mean, somebody from subsplash might be seeing them cause they code it all, but um We want to let that be a place that's sacred for each individual that's using it. Um, And so those gratitudes and prayers are saved on your phone individually.
0: That's awesome. Because even that act of typing in your prayer is a way of offering it up to God. And so you can go back and review that and say, wow, look, I prayed for this and then see what happened and how it connected. Um, I definitely do that.
1: Yeah. I just, I love I'm not just reading, I'm participating in the
0: practice. Mm. That's amazing. So, we talked a little bit about the launch, you know, first of the year, and you've had a really great response. I mean, if you keep getting 300 downloads a week, you are well to your goal way before the end of 2021 of impacting, you know, 5,000 people. Do you have any idea where these people are? Are they mainly in Upper New York? Is it all over the US? Do you have downloads from other countries or continents? Yeah, so the app is available internationally,
1: meaning anybody can go to any app store and download it. Uh, We're not targeting a specific country or geographic area. And let me say a little bit more about our launch. So we finished developing the app at the end of October. It very quickly got into app stores, which sometimes does not happen. And and Subsplash will warn you about that if you work with them. November, we had one week where we did a pastor preview where I reached out to pastors that I knew and loved and said, hey, will you try this practice for a week and share with me your experience? Um, And so that was a way where we could get feedback from a specific focus group that was lay people and people that work in ministry as a career. Um, And then we did some seasonal practices for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, Christmas Eve. We have one right now for Ash Wednesday. And then January 1st, we started an early adopters program where churches could sign up to introduce the app to their church with sermon resources and digital content and all of that. And what's great is we have a toolkit right now, same thing for Lent. So it has over 30 items in it. It's free. It's complimentary. Uh, Your seven weeks of sermon starters, your social media posts to help you create conversation within your own church. There's PowerPoint media. There's a no prep small group discussion guide. No prep. What? <laughs> no leader needed. I don't know about you, but when I was serving churches, that prep, uh, the prep and finding a leader was not always easy. Um, and so, if you want to start small groups for Lent, in inviting people who are newer to your church or in the community as a whole and can do that virtually. This is a great way to have an easy way to start those small groups.
0: That's amazing. So like this toolkit you're mentioning with all these resources, especially for Lent, because I know so many people are like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? We're all burned out. We're all overwhelmed. We're all exhausted. We innovated during Advent. We're like, and it starts again next month. Um, Where do they go just by downloading the app? Can they access that toolkit thing or, or how does that work? You want to go to our
1: website, which is www.EverydaySanctuary.com. Uh, so the app.com, Every Sanctuary. There is a page that is for churches where you can see those resources and you can register to receive them. Um, so the only thing you have to share with us is your email, some of the demographics of your church, um, and then we send you the digital tool- toolkit for your use.
0: That's amazing. Is this something that, I mean, I, I know you said you have Ash Wednesday resources. Are you going to continue to offer these like for Lent and Advent and other um, you know, special occasions throughout 2021?
1: I, the truth is the app is our focus in that we really want to drive people to the app. Um, because it is going to, it's kind of like the lifeline. It's the lifeline that we want people to have in their spiritual journey. We don't want them to have to feel like, Oh, I got to find the Facebook page. I got to log into the website. Um, so I do want to say like, we're focused on getting people connected to the app who need and desire spiritual connection daily. That said, um, I love seasonal spirituality. Like I think one of the ways that we have an opportunity to connect our faith with the larger world is just helping people um, be present throughout the year and see the seasons of the church, the seasons of their spirituality. That's something that we, a gift that we can share with um, the world as a whole. And so I imagine there's going to be some seasonal offerings um, just because that's something that it's a good connection point.
0: Yeah, But again, I love that, you know, your why, right? You have that vision that this app is your focus. And I would imagine coming up with every single day with the scriptures and the practices and what you're breathing in and, and breathing out in that breath prayer. I mean, that takes ongoing time. Do you, are you currently serving in, some type of local church, or is this your full time appointment? And how does that work? How do you juggle all the time for updating this?
1: <laughs> I am also the mom of a toddler, so juggling is y'all know about juggling if you're a mom or a dad um, or a pastor. Juggle's real. Everyday Sanctuary is a new faith community of the Upper New York Conference. We are up here, so. I do have time to focus on that. Um, I'm not serving in a traditional church for this year. We'll see where that leads in the future. But certainly Everyday Sanctuary and the app is the focus of our team right now.
0: That's awesome. Well, the app is amazing. I have it on my phone. I use it daily. It's been such a gift and I've loved telling others about it because it's just a great resource. If you want to have more digital discipleship in your church, but you don't know how, this is the the perfect way to be connectional, right? To live into our Methodist system and say, everybody download Everyday Sanctuary and let's huddle on Zoom once a week and do it together or, you know email back and forth or do a Facebook group where we share about the difference it's made. I've seen that going on even in our planter group with a lot of us that are using it and saying, wow, what a great day.
1: Yeah. Every sanctuary is not a church. We're not trying to be a brick and mortar church or to offer the types of ministries that so many amazing plans and churches are doing and learning how to do in a different way in this season of the church too. The place that we felt like we could come into is when I was a pastor, people would come to the church and they would be hungry to connect with God, but have no way how to do it. They did not know, you know, they did not know how to do that themselves. And you can direct them to a small group. You can do a membership class. You can do mentoring with them. Those are all amazing ways but busy parents, like there is, if you go to the app website, it says this is for busy people. You know, if you, have, <laughs> if you are a busy person, even getting to a one hour small group a week can be a barrier, which is really unfortunate. Um, but it's just a need that we saw. We said, OK, if people only have five minutes a day, if that's all they feel like they can dedicate to to their own spiritual journey um, reconnecting with God let's give that to them and let's make it accessible and ecumenical and a resource that all churches can use Um, so we're not trying to be a church uh, when we really we see the next step is if somebody is experiencing God through the app that they're going to be looking for a place to worship and to be in community with other people that are connected with God they're going to be looking for that local church opportunity Um, but this is a great way for them to dip their toe in um, without having to walk through those doors that can be oh so scary
0: okay so I love that and you kind of answered what was going to be one of my final questions in terms of like next steps you know with everyday sanctuary not being, I love your you know terminology there. It is like this faith community. It's an offering, something you're doing, but it's not a church. And so, you're hoping that people do show up in you know in person, in a physical way, I guess, to engage in outreach or service or um, physical gatherings of worship, if at any point that is safe and does not uh, lead to the, the death of ones we love, right? But um, for you with this app. I mean, will there ever be a sacramental element? I mean, how do you do the sacraments over the app thing or at incarnational gatherings? It sounds like that's not part of next steps, or maybe it is in a different way locally. There in Upper New York, what what are you thinking? What 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 are you discerning?
1: I think there's so many great churches out there that that was not a need that we felt we needed to fill. You know, um, if, if we talk about. Sacrament and kind of expanding um, the definition of sacrament that the United Methodist Church has. I'll just give you an example. Our Ash Wednesday practice includes a prayer of confession, a confessional prayer. For somebody who has not gone to church before or is unfamiliar with Ash Wednesday, that's probably going to be a new experience for them. And it will be, it could be a very sacred and sacramental experience for them. They may be applying the ashes themselves at home and thinking about what, who am I confessing to? What am I confessing? How is the love of God covering me and redeeming me through this practice? Um, so I, I think people will have the opportunity to experience that through the app, but we are not a church. And we were not going to offer all the amazing things that church, brick and mortar churches or full scale virtual churches can offer. And that's, we never felt like that was our calling that God was inviting us to.
0: That's great. Um, So then maybe a question for church planters is in terms of like self-sustainability, it doesn't cost much a year, but where will that funding come from moving forward? maintain that we are
1: thankful for our angel investors that we have right now that is what our budget for 2020 and 2021 is coming from mm. and I know something if you if you're in the planting world one of the things that people like Rachel talk about is that we do want to inspire people to be generous we do want to inspire people to be able to use their spiritual gifts and who they are in a way that um, enhances the kingdom. I think there will be opportunities for that in the future. Um, One of the things like, we have a very prayerful heart towards mental health and we're thinking about, you know, what would it look like for people who use everyday sanctuary to have the opportunity to support mental health in this country? um but i would say that's a couple months down the line post Flint is probably where that's going um and i've enjoyed you know rachel and Path one have made some great resources to help us think about being entrepreneurial in our planting kind of expanding where our resources can come from and you know, with everyday sanctuary, like when we kind of want to be in the marketplace. We want to be in a sphere that people don't always associate with the church. Uh, and if you're a planter, like you you, I imagine, have had a real life experience that drew you to God. And we as planters are trying to live out our faith in all those other spaces. You know, like the gym, the coffee house, the marketplace, the preschool, the carpool line. Yes. I think planters are great at living their faith out in real life, which is the gift that we have for the church today. Mm.
0: I okay every. Re- I- I'm so grateful that we've had this conversation and grateful that you talked about that generosity element because that is, it's a part of discipleship as we receive from Everyday Sanctuary. How can I use that to benefit others with mental health or whatever it might be? Um, if someone or some church is really inspired hearing about this and this incredible resource and tool and wants to be added to your angel investor list, can they find that on the website as well? Like a way to donate to, to help be a part of what you're doing? The website's a great way to get
1: connected if you need to communicate with us, the Everyday Sanctuary. And one of the also opportunities that we're like super looking forward to in 2021 is um, people to collaborate with, unique ministries, people who have a very specific call upon their lives um, that we can share through the app. So coming up, Wendy Hudson, we're going to be doing uh, anti-racism, celebrating anti-racism in March. Having just one day on the app where we're, the practice is going to be focused on that. So I think there are really unique ministries and people that have a unique call in their life that we can share in a way that's going to inspire uh, inspire other people, and we want to do that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, I'm so excited. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything else we need to know about? And I'm, I'm, well, I guess I'll jump in first and say, I think this UMC Facebook group started just under a year ago, maybe 10 months. And I think you were one of the early posters who was like, Hey, anyone else developing an app? And I was like, what is she thinking? I've never heard of this. And it was like crickets. Like everyone's like, I don't know what that means. And so i just want to thank you and name that you are an innovator in church planting in the umc and that you were thinking it was kind of like god timing too right because the covid shut down like how do we connect what is digital discipleship what resources do we have and god kind of used you in this journey to prepare you to be in this place and so i'm just thankful for you and your integrity to the process your grit and perseverance And then the the way that you're offering this, like with open heart, open hands to anyone that might benefit from it. I just think all of that's beautiful. I'm so excited, proud to know you and be a part of this tribe of planters with you. And um, I'm excited to see what God continues to do through you in this journey.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, I'm thankful for this community. And I hope, that you guys just heard our values through this like we think faith is a daily practice we want to help people connect with that daily practice we want it to be accessible ecumenical meet people where they're at and we believe that a relationship with jesus makes a difference and i think we're all trying to make a difference i mean lord knows how many hours and hard work and grit we're all bringing to this um And it's because we believe that Jesus makes a difference and that connection to God can make a difference in somebody's life.
0: Amen. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you to everybody listening in who's joined us for this episode of Field Preachers. Uh, We hope that you come back next week as we continue to learn more about the ways God is at work uh, across our connection and beyond. Take care, guys. Bye. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.